All right. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Trivelo Coaching Podcast. Brought to you, of course, by Trivelo Coaching, specializing in cycling and triathlon coaching. Today we have a special edition of the podcast because we're going to be going through what's very exciting for us, the Trivelo Coaching Belgium Spring Classics Tour for 2019. We've run this tour for a few years now and we are about to launch the applications for next year's tour, which is really exciting. We get to take 10 riders over to Belgium and France to compete, compete in the uh, Tour of Flanders Grand Fondos and the Paris-Roubaix Grand Fondo. And so we wanted to use this podcast today to talk about the entire tour. A lot of people want to come, but they have a lot of uh, hesitation or um, questions about what it's actually going to be like and um, whether they can or can't do it. So we're just going to talk about the experiences of this tour on this episode. And so I'm joined by the head of Traveller Coaching, Jared, and as well as a special guest, uh, Liam, who's also done the uh, Spring Classics Tour himself. So welcome, Jared. Welcome, Liam. Thanks, George. Great to be on. Thanks, George. Excited. So let's launch into it. I mean, uh, Dad, you started the uh, Spring Classics Tour a few years ago. You decided to go to Belgium yourself. Why is this tour so special and why are the Spring Classics so special? Uh, George, that's a great question. I have always grown up wanting to be uh, on the, the the famous cobblestones of uh, Roubaix and Flanders. It's something that I've watched over the years and we've had a lot of success from Australian point of view with uh, Stuart O'Grady and, and now recently Matt Heyman winning the Paris-Roubaix, which is one of the most iconic uh, events in the world. Um, the Tour de France, you know, the Grand Tours, uh, Giro and uh, Welter are, are you know, special races, but these are one-day spring classics which is just really the hard, the hardest races you can ever do, the one-day stuff where it's all on the day. Um, it's not a, a, you know, a three-week race. It's all on the day. If, you, if you're not good enough on your day, you can't win. And, and every year there's only one winner and there's you know, five or six monumental spring classics. And, and you know, we've selected two of them. I have to take groups to the other uh, places like Liège, Baston, Flesh Wallone, Amstel Gold, but the two that I've grown up watching is definitely Roubaix um, and the Tour of Flanders. So, Liam, why did you decide to go? You, you kind of heard how special they were. Someone that's been a cycling fan like Dad and knew how special they were and went experienced them himself. But what made you, you decide to go? Yeah, it's funny because when people ask me, why did you go to Belgium? <laughs> like, what, what's in Belgium? Because it's just, you know, it's not really an iconic um, destination for the typical European traveller. You know, everyone goes to Paris or they go to the UK or, yeah. um, you know, I, I like to tell the laymans who aren't into the cycling world, you know, everyone knows the Tour de France. And I say, yeah, you know the Tour de France. It's because the Tour de France is like the most famous race, but it goes for three weeks. It's a tour. Um, there's these things called one-day classics, which are... The next tier down, basically, like as Dad said, from the um, from the tours, and it's like, you know, it's like especially um, the Gironde, the the Tour of Belgium. Um, that one day is, if there's any comparison, it's like our Melbourne Cup day. Um, you know, the I was blown away by when I arrived at the airport in Belgium, you know, I, I was going through customs and a young guy like called me aside and like maybe checked my passport and wanted to ask me a few questions. And I was a bit nervous and he was like, you know, what are you doing here in Belgium? You're by yourself. Um, you know, you got no luggage because I actually didn't have my bike with me um, because uh, I had my bike um, go along with you, dad. Yeah. Um, and 
I said, oh, I'm, I'm here for, for the cycling. And he said, his eyes lit up. He's like, Deronde, you're here for, for, for the cycling. He's like, and he's just like so excited. He's like, oh, you Australian? Uh, what, what is your team? Uh, Orica? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, um, you know, love the Orica guys. And he couldn't believe that, you know, I'd traveled all the way from Australia to go to Belgium because to them, it's such a big deal. They're so passionate about it. Like the whole... In the Melbourne Cup, we say it's the race that stops a nation. Um, in Belgium, it's the same thing. Like the whole, the whole country shuts down for this one day, and you know the pubs open at nine a.m. and it's a big public holiday, and there's literally millions of people around the, around the country on the course. And um, yeah, I guess I knew that it was going to be good because I'd watched it on TV and I'd seen you know the, the classic races between you know Cancellara and Boonen and uh, you know and Heyman. Like I can't believe. Dad, you got to see Matty Heyman win the year before. Yeah. I'm so jealous of that. Um, but also, Lynn, the build-up I'd, I'd given you over the years of, you know, how special this race was and you've got to come one day. And, and you're, not, you're not into cycling like I am, but... That's right. You just, I'm, like, I'm a casual fan, for sure. <laughs> um, but even I knew, like, how, how cool it is to watch, you know, the, the cobbles. You know, everyone's right there on these... 200-year-old roads, like there's no barriers and people, there's dust flying over and dirt and bike riders are falling over and like <laughs> actually getting cannon shot into crowds and like, it's crazy. Um, that was- but yeah, I knew, I knew it was going to be good and then when I actually arrived in Belgium, I was like, wow, this is actually so much bigger deal than I thought it was and I was even more blown away. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. That was the exact same experience I had, which I knew it was big. I had a big build-up. I'd seen it enough times, but it's just a totally different experience once you actually get there. And, you know, if you think about Belgium, it's not a, it's not a massive country. And we flew in and we went on some training rides leading up to uh, the Tour of Flanders. And then, I mean, we, we stay in Ronsay, which is a pretty relatively small town. Um, and there's not that many people around. And I just joked to everyone and said, it's like the town just comes alive. It's like Belgium comes alive for one day because on... On the Tour of Flanders day, there's a million people out on the course and it almost feels like every single person in the country is outside on the course. <laughs> That's what it feels like, isn't it? <laughs> it's just, it's just people everywhere. You can't believe there's 250 kilometres of people lined. There's no gaps. <laughs> it, it's like, you know, if you talk about people going to the MCG for grand final day, 100,000, there's over a million people on the course <laughs> um, and sometimes it's two, three deep in certain spots and... And the corporate side of it, that's the other thing that we were blown away by, um, especially at Flanders. You know, we actually were lucky enough to be uh, hosted by Giant Sunweb um, as part of the tour. That was awesome. And, uh, and we, got, you know, we got to meet the riders and be at the bus and, and at, at the start got photos with the team and got to meet the director sportive and, and just talking about the tactics of the race and what tyres to run. And, you know, that was important to us because we do in the Flanders uh, – Grand Fondo ourselves, so you know all that information. The guys just were so excited about getting from the head of Giant Sunweb, uh, Director Sportive. So that's what this tour is about. This tour is about uh, getting to experience one the Tour of Flanders and Paris Roubaix ourselves, where we get to ride them, um, but then also watching the pros ride them, and you get such a such an appreciation for what the pros go through once you ride the course yourself. But it's also about experiencing just riding riding um, through Belgium and riding through France. And yeah. I guess let's start talking about that before we launch too much into the actual uh, races. But, I mean, what is it like that, for you both just being in Belgium and riding around? That was what I was most excited for, right? Because I think all cycling fans, 
when you grow up or and you're watching the Tour de France and you watch them climb these, climb these iconic hills like Alpe d'Huez and in your head you're just like, how good would it be to, you know, just do all of those yourself and like follow it and like, but then the reality is, is it's not really possible to do that in the Tour de France unless you're an absolute freak. Like they cover, you know, they climb 10,000 kilometers or, or something crazy. <laughs> it's just, it's not possible unless you're a professional because the amount of Ks they cover and the, the top course. But then what's unique about Flanders, the Tour of Belgium, like it's, it's so cool because yes, the, the race goes for 200 odd kilometers and it's very hard when it's done all at once. But because it's kind of done in like loop to loops and it's all kind of backing, backtracking on itself, they've got three or four, I think it's four main, um, they call them Clubs. monuments, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, which are like the iconic ones. And so it's like when you're watching the race on TV, you know, every time they hit one of these clients, it's like this is where something could happen. Like someone could break away or someone could do yeah. something crazy yeah. or, you know, couple of years when it's raining it's it's hilarious because the cobbles get so wet and the professional these professional riders jump off their bikes and are running their bikes up the up the hill because they can't actually ride up (laughs) and the crowd are going crazy so it's like for me i was like so pumped i was like i can't wait to like try and ride up the moor i can't wait to try and ride up the paderberg and and then getting there it's actually so awesome because with technology and we've got strava these days it's so so cool because you can actually not only um, – I was really excited to try and beat all dad's times from the year before when I finally got there. And I know, George, you you did the year after me, so you couldn't wait to get there and try and beat my times because yeah. it's all there. Yeah. And, but but then the other thing is you can see what the, the, the all the best do. people – in yeah, the pros and what times they're doing just for these specific climbs. And, yeah. you know, seeing like Nicky Terpstra and, yeah. um, and guys like – actually beating your time like halving you're, your time you're like, there be, beating a fight <laughs> you're over a five minute climb by two minutes <laughs> that's right and you're just like how how is that possible um but yeah that was definitely the high like one of the highlights for me is because yeah we're staying in ronce you know it's a quick bike ride down to to the mer and uh, the mer de Gerardsbergen. i think it's good <laughs> called I, I always thought it was funny i had your name in it that um <laughs> But it's such a pretty, pretty ride to get there. Like it took about maybe forty minutes to get there, and then we got there, and the town's really cool and awesome and old. And and then it's like, yeah, you come over this bridge, and then it's like, bam, you're straight on the climb, and you just hammer it and to try and get to the top of that church. And yeah. the whole time you're on it, you're just like, oh, this is just like you know when Kentlar rode away, and like, yeah, you can just imagine yourself um, flying up it. And that was just so much more enjoyable for me. I mean, I haven't been to France yet, but I can't wait to go to France. But that was so much more enjoyable than going. Okay, I'm going to ride Mont Ventoux here, and then it's like, oh crap, I've got another. I've got like a three hour climb ahead of me. <laughs> That's actually not that fun. <laughs> Whereas this is like, yeah, it's like the Mer is like a five minute climb. Uh, the Paderberg's only like ninety seconds or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just right. yeah. so challenging, but so fun. And we ended up doing it like two or three times each, yeah. you know, and just racing each other. And that was my favorite uh, part as well. There were short climbs, so we could have a crack, and a few guys didn't make it up or uh, have another crack to get up it. And... Yeah, well, ne- never was a clap. He couldn't ride up it. So we gave him three goes, remember? <laughs> we drove back down and said, right, oh, come on, Nev. Everybody was in the van cheering for him. And he ended up riding up the bank and cut his leg. But um... yeah. <laughs> that's what happens because riding up these ridiculously steep hills on cobbles, your bike is just like, it's falling apart under you and it's going left and right and you're going, you start going sideways. Yeah. Like. As soon as you lose any momentum, like you, you, oh. you're lost, yeah. you, you can't make it up and it's, 
I think that's what's so great about it because it's not just like, oh, yeah, I'll ride up the hill like everyone does it. But it's not. Like every time we went there, like there's other groups there uh, or other locals that are, you know, having a go of it as well. And like mm. only like 20% of people or 30% of people are actually making it up. Yeah. Um, everyone else has to stop halfway and um, give up and try again. And, and so it's like it's really a feeling of achievement. There's a great photo of um, me and Stazza. Mm. Um, fellow giant rider when we first did the pa- finished the Paderberg and we got to the top we like held our bikes above our head like just like Gilbert did when he won the <laughs> <laughs> the, the Durande and like, but you're spot um, on and the, the country just gets so into it and the support from the locals is so awesome one of, one of the most rewarding moments I think was towards the end of for me was towards the end of Tour of Flanders I was really struggling and I had cramp in both legs and on the last the last berg the Paderberg and I was just struggling, but I just was so determined to get up. And the amount of locals cheering and yelling at you, you felt like you were in a pro race. And that It's not even the actual me. race. Yeah, that actually got me up the hill. And they're just going, come on, go. They say, Ale, or whatever they're saying. And I'm just, <laughs> both legs are cramping. I'm just pushing as hard as I can. And then you get to the top, and I literally cheered over the top. I was yelling. I was fist pumping. I was so pumped. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's the other thing is the, the day before the actual event is the, the Grand Fondo. So... Um, yeah, we they they set up the course the day before, a day early, close all the roads, and then they just let anyone who wants to enter ride the actual race. And it's it's so awesome because yeah, there's like ten thousand people well, that actually that ride the race. Fifteen thousand for the Flanders yeah. yeah. You feel like you're actually in the race. It's awesome. And then the other thing is because everyone's like travelled out um, to watch the actual race, they get there a day early in their camper vans, and they've actually set up all their deck chairs, and they're sitting there and watching. All of us, and yeah. like, because they're just like, well, I just might as well reserve my spot for tomorrow. Yeah. So they're just sitting there drinking their beer and just cheering you on, yeah. and like, it's so good. Yeah. And uh, the 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 good thing about it is, um, you know, it is spring, and you can get any conditions. And the minute you've got dampness on the cobbles, it doesn't have to be rainy. It just has to be a little bit of dampness, and because the cobbles aren't like paving, like they're not joined. There's dirt in between it, so the minute the dirt hits the pavement, it becomes like an ice skating rink, and. Yeah. And, you know, therefore your tyres have to be a certain pressure, which, you know, we didn't realise till the director sportive from Giant told us that we need to <laughs> deflate our tyres. All these little tips was, no wonder the guys can get up the hills better because they're riding at 50 PSI when we all had tyres at 100. <laughs> and that's why I love the whole experience because every single day is different. It's so dynamic and you can get a really nice spring day and just have a really enjoyable ride or it can be a little bit wet and it's a little bit challenging. But I even found that pretty fun and we, one of the days we went up the uh Gerardsburg and it was damp um and a lot of the guys were slipping and falling off and thing, <laughs> I was so determined to hang on to dad's wheel and make it up I could feel my bike slipping and most people would just unclip and get off and I was too determined to stay on dad's wheel so I just kept pedaling and I pedaled myself into the ground sideways <laughs> so I refused to unclip because I just couldn't get up the hill that's kind of, you know, a little bit of a crash but it kind of made it fun you know experiencing that and really having a crack yeah, you're not going too fast at that yeah. point when you're right at the end of that Gerardsburg and yeah. coming around that that steep section. Oh, like you're going about six k's an hour. Yeah, just trying to get around that corner. And a little bit of local knowledge too. You don't really know where the church is at the top because you do so many turns. Oh, that was um, my mistake. Yeah, and you really hammered it too hard. And and uh, there's a photo of you sitting beside your mum, uh, not looking very good at the top of the church. <laughs> And uh, so Jordan's was so determined to beat your time. <laughs> and I was coaching him the whole way. Get on my wheel. You're going to beat Liam's time today. <laughs> uh, we had a bit of fun. I turned around and he wasn't there. 
<laughs> the old where you just you still clipped him, but you literally just fall sideways. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's classic. Yeah, but I mean um, that's that's really why it's so special. And I, I I was the same as you, Liam. I struggled to articulate it to my mates back home about so many factors of why it was so good. It was just or everything we did was just a different experience and so fun and. I even asked all the guys on the tour, um, I asked them for a bit of a testimonial and to say, you know, what, why would you recommend this? And every single one of them actually struggled to articulate it. They said, I, I, don't, mm. I don't know how to explain it, but you just have to experience it. And you think you know what the cobble is going to be like. You, you know, you think to yourself it might be tough but it, or it might be a fun experience, but you just don't fully appreciate it until you experience it and ride it yourself. And I think that's just the best summary you can, you can put on it. Uh, how, well, how was the feeling, Liam, when we were talking about Paris-Roubaix and the famous Arenberg Forest and, and the build-up the day before we are talking about, oh, you know, it's, it's the most dangerous set of cobbles and it, it's uh, the slipperiest because the trees prevent the cobbles from drying out. And, and I, I really got nervous for everybody uh, hitting the Arenberg Forest. I was so pleased to see you come out the other end. What was the experience like for you when uh, you were getting to the Arenberg Forest? Oh yeah, that was that was such a special day. So obviously the the timeline of the tour is yeah we arrive in Belgium, um, you know we ride around um, the Belgium countryside, experience some great Belgium chocolates and waffles, and um, you know all the great coffees. Belgian coffees and Belgian beer, of course. Yeah. Like that's you know that's that's a really fun thing to do for the first few days, and and go visit Ghent, which is just. You know, it looks like it looks like a freaking fairy tale, yeah. um, like town. It's the most beautiful town I've ever seen. Um, and then, yeah, eventually, um, the weekend rolls around. You do the Grand Fondo of um, Tour of Flanders, and then you stuff, okay. but you're yeah mm. you're satisfied. Then the next day, you get to go and watch the actual pros try and do it. And then you, we've got another week until the next weekend, which is Paris Bay. And so that all that week, it's you know rewriting all the um, famous. Um, climbs are trying to beat your times and that's really fun but then yeah the, the weekend finally rolled around for Paris-Roubaix and so we've been riding on all the cobbles in Belgium obviously um, but Paris-Roubaix um, is slightly different because obviously um, you know starts in Paris and then finishes in Roubaix so like you do do they cross they cross over to Belgium just mm. briefly or, yeah, or the, they ride along the border or something yeah. so it's actually not even in Belgium Um but yeah, that that Saturday morning, you know, <laughs> we're at the start line, and I think it was like, I think it was two degrees or something. <laughs> like it was so cold, and like you could not see twenty meters ahead of you. But same thing, they've closed all the roads. Um, you know, we you ride out from under the start line, and and it's a solid maybe hour, hour and a bit mm. before you reach mm. the cobbles. Yeah. And Peru Bay for people who don't know, like there's. 20 odd sections of cobbles um, that the riders, yeah. is it 30 as it were, <laughs> yeah, that you have to get through. Um, and each cobble's got a rating out of five with regards to how intense it is. So the longer yep. it is and the more, that's the other thing, is some of the cobbles are really jagged and all over the place and other cobbles have been smoothed out over time by the tractors and the cows and all the <laughs> things that walk, that walk yep. over the cobbles. But the very first cobble section you hit, is the Arenberg Forest, which is the most famous one. And because it's number five, it's the hardest. Cause and the longest. And the longest. And it is the whole time in this first hour, hour and a half, it's, you know, really fun riding through um, the streets. And, you know, you do feel like you're in a race. We were in a big peloton. We had, I reckon we had like 80 or 90 people in the peloton. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's just all the other entrants into the, um, into the into the race, into the Grand Fondo. And the whole time you're just rolling turns and you're hammering along, but, yeah, like, oh, when's this 
when's this cobble's going to start? And then turning that right-hand bend into the forest and then you just it's just one long straight line and you can see it ahead of you and then as soon as you we hit the cobbles i got the shock of my life Mm. i've been riding on cobbles all week Mm. but this was like this is something else Mm. like the the cobbles at arnberg are so Mm. deep and jagged and Mm. it's like your bike is not it's not meant to ride on stuff like that um, like within the first five seconds, I thought it was going to throw me off my bike. Like it was that violent. Um, and then the, the whole speed of the, pel- the Peloton immediately gets broken up because like the average speed goes from 30, 35k to like 10, 20. Everyone's riding different. Everyone's just holding on for dear life basically. Yeah. Um, it's, and- it's almost like uh, the, the guy's made a road and he's just taken a whole lot of rocks and put it on the back of his tractor and just... And then just dropped them there. <laughs> <laughs> Let them all fall off, and wherever they land, that's the road. And the gaps between the cobbles is the problem, yeah. isn't it? Because it's such, your bike's sliding between gaps and a little bit damp. And oh boy, the adrenaline rush, uh, you know, it is it is something to it's more nervous than I've been for some of the big races. It is just and, and trying to think about I've got to stay upright, that's right, that's kind of key. And um, you know, the first year I was watching and taking photos for you, and the second year I was riding with the, with the boys. and and seeing you guys come out of the forest was the, the best sight I've ever seen because we were waiting. Thinking, oh, That's right. God. And then we finished it and we all looked at each other and we were all spread out like we'd lost each other, but we all waited and then we kind of were like, all right, yeah, we did it. All right. Like, so one down, <laughs> 19 to go or whatever. I was like, and, cool. and every yeah. single section of cobbles you hit, like there's a big banner just before you go into the cobbles and the banner's got like a star rating and it's right. like, welcome to section yeah. number 17 and... And it tells you how long yeah. it goes for, and it's like, all right, here we go, and you hit it. That was crucial information, wasn't it? <laughs> Boy, especially when you get down to like the last half a dozen, like the last six. Oh, how hard! Oh, um, you know, Jordan, you said like you couldn't articulate it. Um, you know, this this Paru Bay section. Um, you know, I eventually got dropped by. Um, well, not dropped, but like. I couldn't keep up with some of the other guys in the group and that was fine. And um, one of the other guys in our group, Dave Staley, he he was like, all right, well, let's just ride together. Um, and so me and him just rode together the whole way. And, you know, you have a pit stop halfway because like, it took us five and a half hours. Like, So halfway mm. through, you know, there's there's um, a food break where the rest station, we get heaps of lollies. You can get some electrolytes, you can get some Coke. And, yeah, they've got- um, you know, they've got toilets as well. So, you know, having a toilet stop and, you know, just, just catching your breath and, and stretching out your back and giving your hands a break from holding onto the handlebars. Mm. Um, but yeah, Dave, I think articulated it so well because, um, you know, every section was just getting harder and harder to finish. Um, you know, and mm. we finally finished that last section and then riding into Roubaix, you know, that iconic, um, road yeah, with the trees yeah. down the middle. And then you turn right into, into the, um, into the velodrome and, <laughs> Um, yeah, we've seen a lot yeah. on telly over the years. Here you are doing and it's it. It's finally and smooth road. You've just ridden like four hours of the, your bike literally bucking like a bull trying to throw it. Mm. You're finally on smooth road and like it's just an amazing feeling. And Dave said, you know, Dave's really into his, um, you know, challenges and, and, and really pushing himself to, to do achievements. And, you know, he's always said that one of his best achievements ever was completing an Ironman. Um, and mm. you know that's that's a big achievement for a lot of people. Like that's a one big bucket list thing. And he said something amazing. He would just he just said after the race, he said riding into that velodrome 
I honestly think was a better feeling and better experience than finishing an Ironman. And it really does yeah. feel like that because it's challenging in so many different ways and it's really mentally it's hard because you, you, your hands are getting destroyed, your back's getting destroyed from trying to keep, keep going, but you just got to keep turning your pedals over. You know, there's people around you that are falling over and, you know, it's, if, if you're not careful, you can hurt yourself. Um, mm. And, yeah, actually finishing it and, yeah, riding to that Valdrome across the finish line, it's, it's a pretty amazing feeling and pretty awesome achievement. Yeah. I agree. It was it was totally euphoric, and it was just it just felt like one of the one of the best feelings I've ever had. I reckon just crossing that finish <laughs> yeah. line and for us, especially Liam. We're not cyclists, and you would have had a similar experience to me heading over, being a bit nervous whether you could actually make it and ride five and a, five and a half hours. But as challenging as it was, and as like tough as it was, um, it was equally as fun, equally as rewarding. And I just remember thinking along the ride, even though it was hurting, I just remember thinking, this is one, this is the best day I've had on the bike, uh, both at Roubaix. 100%. And it's just, it's a spring day in, in France and Belgium. It's just the best countryside we've ever seen. And for that reason, it was just, the whole experience was unbelievable. But even, even more to the point, both of your preparations was, you know, classic, uh, um, Son of a coach, um, no writing <laughs> whatsoever, and and I was just that scared that you guys would absolutely not make it. Um, and to a credit, I was shocked that you got through it, Liam. I think you had three rides beforehand, <laughs> like and and I told Jordan, don't make the same mistake as Liam made the year before, because you'll suffer big time. And and he he actually did four rides, <laughs> and to see his face. Turn around and watch him come into the velodrome. I could not take the smile off his face. It sent shivers down my spine. The emotion was mm. was phenomenal, I, and everybody at the end was just hugging yeah. each other. It was like, really and you get a medal. And I actually found that medal this morning, um, and I was like, "How good <laughs> is this?" Yes, that with the cobbles all over it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I took it home. And I, was, I was showing like my mates at home, and they didn't understand <laughs> how special it was. But I was just, I was still wearing it. I reckon I was just so happy with it. And, uh, and that's the, that's the thing about this tour. I mean, it's, um, it is challenging. It's not, it's not a luxury tour. It's not a um, relaxing kind of we'll just cruise along and see some good sights tour. It is, it is a riding tour. Um, and we want to make that really clear that, you know, we, we do go out and we, we ride. We don't, we're not pushing it every single day to do the hardest ride. We're enjoying everything. But um, it is a challenge. And you've got to be up for that challenge to, to come. I think for, for me, because I really love my surf tours. So, like, I'm, nearly every year I'll go to a different location and, um, yeah, go with the tour group to surf one of uh, an iconic surf break. And one of the the worst things about tours is if you end up in a group with different surf abilities, it completely kind of ruins the trip because you know the the beginners don't want to surf the, the waves that are too hectic, and then there's some people there that are only there to surf the most extreme waves ever. They're like they're they're like, well, I didn't leave Australia just to surf, like same waves as Australia and so everyone gets really upset with each other around where to go and where the boat should go the next day. Um, what I really love the way you organise it, Dad, is that obviously you do it via application um, and so you're making sure that every single guy on the tour is of at least like a similar ability. So, you know, everyone who, who has a good bike, you know, loves their training, loves their cycling, um, you know, if they're not um, you know, a full-on cyclist, yeah, at least like me and George, that we've got fitness from our running or footy or um, elsewhere. And so I think that just works yeah, so great. well because, yeah, the, 
every day you get to just ride together and no one's trying to ride away and no one's really lagging behind. And I remember um, you sat down with a couple of people just coincidentally when you first got to Belgium um, when uh, they were on a tour and they were just pulling their hair out because there was a couple of, like, not saying girls are, are worse riders than boys, it just so happened that, <laughs> that, that there were these two girls on the tour that were there really just to, you know, have a look around basically like and they'd never ridden more than 20 30 k's in their life um and these guys who were there who wanted to challenge themselves on the paderberg and the quaramont and the coppenberg and like they were just constantly waiting for these two two ladies um and really ruined i guess their experience and yeah that's what i love about the way you set it up dad is just and the fact that you've been there so many times now it's just like every day you're just like all right, this is what we're doing. This is where we're riding. Follow me. Like, and everyone just follows you and you know the roads back to front. And, um, you know, obviously you've, you've got the local knowledge now, your friends um, that you've made over there um, and the families that, that you've met over there like have given you a local knowledge of where to go and where to ride. And, um, and then for watching yeah. the actual events as well, it's like knowing all the shortcuts of where to go and in, in between all the towns and cities. Um, yeah, I, I just think that's that was just such an enjoyable part to not have to worry about it and just not have to worry. Am I going to be the worst rider, or are we going to be waiting for people that are, you know, going to be absolute um, nupties? But you know. yeah, well, look along those lines. Uh, one of my really good mates from uni from back in the seventies, uh, Neville, came along, and and Neville's a, a novice rider, and he wasn't young. He's in his fifties, um, whereas you guys had youth on your age, which actually got you through. But Neville said to me, I really want to come on this tour. And he, he said that to me in October of, uh, of the previous year, about now, yeah. actually. And uh, he said, what do I need to do? What standard do I need to get to? I said, oh, Nev, this is probably going to be a little bit, you know, it might be a little bit beyond you. But if, you, if you're willing to actually do a little bit of a, you know, follow a little bit of a program, I think by the time you get there, um, you should be fine. And sure enough, he stuck to whatever I gave him. And you remember, Liam, the way he rode. He rode, rode away from me. <laughs> yes. And he was just saying, this is the best thing I've done, you know, in a long, long time. And, he, you know, he's played a lot of footy and cricket over the years. But uh, well, he's not a cyclist, yet he got to do, you know, two of the most iconic rides and got through them with flying colours. And so you can, as long as you're prepared, and I'm not, not saying the way you two guys prepared, but... <laughs> <laughs> As long as you're prepared for it and, you know, now's the time to start riding for something that's going to happen in April. Um, there's plenty of time to, to get – you don't have to be outstanding. You just have to be able to, you know, ride in a bunch and, and you know, we don't want, uh, you know, guys who've only been riding for five minutes and, and, and you know, that, that would really make the, the, uh, the task a lot more difficult. But certainly people who are, you know, C-grade, D-grade riders to A-grade, and uh, we can all ride in a bunch together, which we proved this year, George, didn't yeah, we? We, yeah. we rode both tours to, together this year, Liam, which was a bit different to what you did yeah. the first year. I decided to make sure that everybody rode together this year, and, and really uh, that was the best thing we did. And we ended up having massive pelotons behind <laughs> the, uh, the 10 riders that we had, um, which was so much fun. And, uh, yeah, even Stuart O'Grady's tour was uh, sitting on the <laughs> That's back right. of us. Yeah. Uh, just on, on Nev, by the way, um, one of... One of the funniest things, and this is the other thing about why I had so I don't think I've laughed that hard during that week as I as I did for a long time. Just um, the culture of the group, and everyone's there on holidays. Everyone's there for a good time, and you know everyone's enjoying a beer afterwards, and you're just laughing so much. But yeah, Nev obviously 
uh, who's a footy and cricket background, just getting into his cycling. Um, that day at Flanders uh, pre-race where we were lucky enough to go um, to the behind the start line where all the riders are on the buses and on the yeah. ergos and, <laughs> and warming up. Um, and it was so great to be walking around there and like, um, you know, <laughs> um, right. talking to the SBS commentators and, um, and then <laughs> yeah. sure enough, sure enough, yeah. a rider with all these people like trying to chase him and there's photos going everywhere. Um, is trying to get through, and he's only riding at one, two k's an hour. Obviously, he's just trying to get through the crowd. Um, and you took a photo, Dad, and obviously it's yes. um, uh, <laughs> world number one, um, Sagan. Sagan. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll, you might end up being one of the greatest riders of all time at this point. Um, and there's this photo you've taken of Sagan, and he's standing at a standstill, pretty much right next to Nev, and Nev is yeah. completely oblivious that he's even ridden <laughs> past him. He's looking up at the sky or something. He's not even concentrating. <laughs> We're just like, Nev, how is this picture with you and Sargon? He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Is he, is he all right, is he? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, everybody said, what, why has his jersey got the uh, rainbow, uh, rainbow colours and stuff on it? What, what's so special about him? <laughs> oh, man, it was absolutely classic. Um, but that's, that's so true, though. That's like... Nev's Nev is a good epitomizes the person that can come on the tour, and I mean to make that really clear, it's if you feel like you um, need to improve, that's why we're opening it up now. One to make sure that we um, lock in the ten people that are coming early, so we can um, confirm everyone. But also, it gives you time to prepare for it, and if you need help with the program, uh, we can give you that. And yeah, to make it really clear, uh, it it's either gender, male or female. It doesn't matter if you want to come along. We'll just have a conversation with you with where you're at right now what you want to get out of it. And then if you need some help preparing, then we'll give you some help. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is open to absolutely anyone. Um, just got to understand what kind of tour it is. Yeah, but look, we didn't really touch on what happens. Uh, it, it's, you know, you live in a, in a magnificent oh, house yeah. that we, we are totally catered for by my darling wife, <laughs> who, who basically cooks all the meals. Does all um, the washing. You get, you get your washing done every Laundry, day. Yeah. Uh, get, you get your bike cleaned, like you get treated like you're a pro, and and you wake up and, and breakfast is ready, and the tour for the day is organised, and where we're going, massage for therapist, and, and, and the massage, and then we've got Patrick doing massage, and we've got um, he's also in the car, uh, directing us, uh, you know, around the, the beautiful Belgium uh, roads, the countryside, and then you know all the meals at night are, are catered for. It's all inclusive. Um, you actually don't put your hand. In your pocket, Frank lost his wallet <laughs> on day three, and I gave him fifty euro. And after day five, he said, "I said to him, do you need any more money?" He goes, "I still have fifty you gave me." So all those all those details will be uploaded onto our uh, website. If you want to get more information, every single one of those details of exactly how the tour runs will be on there. Look out on our Instagram. Uh, page Traveller Coaching or our Facebook page Traveller Coaching, and over the next week, we'll be uploading all the details, everything you need to know, uh, some video footage showing exactly what the tour is like. Um, so definitely head to Travelo Coaching Facebook page or Travelo Coaching Instagram page and then applications open next week. So we're very excited for this. Uh, we're very excited for this tour. It's going to be an absolute ripper again as it always is and we're looking forward to the 10 riders that get to come along with us. Unreal. And that's it from us. Thank you very much, Liam, for joining us. Uh, we're very excited to share with you more details of the Travella Coaching Belgium Spring Classics Tour, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Thanks, guys.